Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 97. We are here. I'm still getting used to my new podcast setup. Oh, we're here in my living room. Fact of the day. Ancient Romans used to drop a piece of toast into their wine for good health. That's the fact. But the more mind-blowing piece of this fact is why we say, let's raise a toast. It's all because the ancient Romans, once again, Italians killing it as always. Who knew? I wonder if they, like, how big of a piece of toast did they drop into their wine? Was it a little tiny crumb? Was it like a little two by two square? Were they dipping and eating the toast or did they just throw it in the wine, swirl it around and then, you know, raise the, hold the glass up, raise the toast and then just, you know, slug it back, bread and all. Mm. Isn't that funny though? Sometimes we hear about these facts and uh, it's like, my God, that's why we say that. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Easter's coming, hippity hoppity, Easter bunny's on his way. Oh my God, in the New York Post, they had a big uh, thing about inflation. And I have it in front of me here. Last year, a Cadbury pack of four, you know, Cadbury cream eggs. That was one of those things that like I used to get when I was a little kid in my Easter basket and totally be like, well, I hate these Cadbury eggs. And now as an adult, if somebody puts a Cadbury egg by me, oh my God, I'm about to break it open, slather that cream all over my body. But last year, a pack of four Cadbury cream eggs with $2.50 at like your local CVS. Now they're going for $3.99, okay? Kit Kat bar, something you might find in the Easter basket, 99 cents now, $1.25. Peeps, the 10 pack, the candy that everybody hates, $3.99 last year, this year, $4.99. Posted a whole big thing about it. The, uh, oh, Lord, the fee has risen was the name of the article. And I mean, here's the thing. Us regular folk, we, you know, $0.99, cents, $1.25, is that really a big difference? I mean, yes, when you look at what it is, a candy bar for $0.99, cents and now it's $1.25, of course that's a big difference. But when you're... In the in the midst of your shopping, when you're in shop, right, you're just throwing things in the wagon. Are you really going to be paying attention to that kind of stuff if you're not really nickel and diming every single thing that you buy? I don't I, I don't know how much you're going to really be paying attention to that level of um, that level of inflation. But the, the biggest scale is obviously when it, you add the grocery bill all up and you wonder why it's so much higher um, than the huge. On the Easter note, there's some lunatic, uh, British, of course, who, you know, of course, and not to say, come on, you're not all lunatics. I just thought that the story was funny. There's a woman from England, an English woman who now lives in Africa, who thought that it would be a lovely thing to use her hair on her head as a nest for a baby bird to lay eggs. I mean, like, that's so, if you have any experience with the British culture, that's just so British. These are people, you know, they're, they not stereotyping, but they have the green thumb. They love their long country walks. And I could just imagine, oh, I'm going to use my hair to make a lovely bird's nest for this pregnant birdie or this bird to lay her egg. Anyway, apparently every day, this little tiny bird, you know, she would shoot the bird would come onto this lady's hair and she would tuck him. He, he, he she, she, of course, the bird 
tuck himself under a little curtain of hair strands and 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 she would just sit there this little pregnant birdie and lay the eggs and then at the end of the day she would wash her hair and she would start again the next day this lady and the bird would come and uh anyway there's the these this this lady her husband is named robin out of all names but they moved to ghana and this is what this lady is doing in ghana on the Easter note, oh my goodness, I can't wait to talk to you about the Oscars that was happening last night. And I, this is a, by the way, it's six o'clock in the morning on Monday morning. Happy Monday, folks. I'm doing this podcast earlier in the week because I'm going to LA later in the week, uh, but we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, on the also Easter note. Okay. On the Easter note. Yesterday, I did a really cute project with my daughters. If you need something to do with your kids or grandkids. Uh, or yourself. It's just a fun thing. I got my kids this clay called Sculpey clay. I bought it on Amazon. It's just like a brick, a white pound brick of clay, um, like, you know, sculptor's clay. And I, I don't know, like if you could really make things and, and, you know, make, make things like wares and sell them with the clay, but I thought it would be fun for the kids. You know, it's a few steps up from Play-Doh, but basically you make the bowl, little bowls, little pots, whatever you do, you bake it in the oven you know, uh, for about an hour. And then you obviously take it out, let it cool off and you paint it. So yesterday we made little tiny uh, Easter baskets, little tiny baskets and little small uh, eggs out of the Sculpey clay. So we baked it in the oven for about an hour. We're, it's still now on the uh, the baking sheet. And today after school, when they come home, they're going to paint it. And I thought that was just such a cute project. And, you know, and and it's one of those things where like they're not, drawing Easter eggs on the piece of, on a piece of paper, something that'll get cr crimpled up and I'll probably throw it. I mean, they're making their little, they're making little sculpted eggs and little sculpted baskets and they'll paint it and, and maybe I could save them. I mean, isn't that hilarious? What the hell am I going to say? Well, I have so much crap from these kids. I don't, I'm scared to throw it out. I'm sure like you, when you had your kids or your neighbors that have kids or your nieces or your nephews, I mean, what the hell am I doing with all this stuff? But this, I think I told myself, no, you know what? I said, Elise, I'm going to let the kids make little Easter baskets out of sculpted clay, little tiny eggs. They'll paint them and I'll find a little small shoebox, bigger size jewelry box, something old iPad box, something else that I've hoarded and I will save them. And, and I think that it'll be a cute memory in years to come, you know? Mm. Easter craft on, on the, uh, on the go. Okay. Let's talk about the Oscars. That's also one of the reasons why I needed to do this podcast on the cover of the New York post. today. when I was walking and dropping the kids at school, it said the smackta, not the actor, the smackta. What the hell would you, were you doing Will Smith? What the hell are you doing? smacking Chris Rock. Okay, so here's the real thing. If you don't know, the very high level, Chris Rock presenting the award uh, for, I think, best documentary or something. He makes a joke about uh, Jada Pinkett, who is sitting in the audience with her uh, shaved or bald head, looking very regal, might I add. A sort of a high neck, almost Mandarin, hunter green gown. Very is sitting open. Oh, I swear, the second I saw Will Smith, 
and Jada Pinkett in the audience, I thought, oh my God, they look like black royalty. Really? That's what I, second I thought, I thought that they looked like the most attractive couple. The second that the cameras came on, I was like, oh my God, I want to be Jada. I want to be Will. That's the first thing I thought when I saw the Oscars audience. Will Smith was so dapper in his tux and sitting right next to him, perched right next to him in what looked like a queen's chair. There she was in like this, you know, fitted bodice with this little big, big sort of heffalump bottom, you know, almost like a Cinderella Drizella sort of bottom with the with the, the, the tapers and the gathers, you know, and then that high neck collar green. It almost looked like a damask tapestry sort of fabric. Oh, she just looked stunning. She had a bald head, shaved, whatever. Her makeup was amazing. I really thought she looked gorgeous. But anyway, so Chris Rock is up there, you know, presenting the award for best documentary, whatever the hell it was. And he makes a a joke about Jada having uh, no hair and says something like she's going to be in some some G.I. Jane, I don't know, part two, whatever. And Jada makes winces, makes like a, you know, yeah, kind of face. Yeah. And then Will Smith, I guess, either saw his wife's face or maybe he picked up on his wife's, his wife being miffed, jumps up out of the chair, goes up to Chris Rock, mid Oscars, smacks him. I thought it was a punch, but apparently it was a smack. Smacks him right across the face. Hard. You can go watch the replay of this smack. And I swear to God, it looks like he really gave him a good, a good slap right on the face. And like I said, it really looks like a punch, but whatever. And Chris Rock kind of like ricochets back, comes back to center, kind of like closes his eyes and is like, wow. And then continues on because he's a professional. And by the way, only a stand-up comic, I feel like, could really pull that off because stand-up comics, us comics, we're trained to deal with so many things. We train to deal with so many things in the moment. So many crazy things that go on in, in, in audiences, hecklers, shit falling down from the ceiling. So a lot of times comedians are trained in improv. I'm trained in improv at the People's Improv Theater and UCB. And a lot of us, you know, we we know how to deal. We know how to deal, right? So so Chris, I I don't know what, he was just so professional about it and just came right back to center and, and carried on. But Will Smith, what the fuck was that about? First of all, what's the matter, Will Smith? You can't take a joke. What's the matter, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Chris Rock makes a joke about your wife. You can't, you can't take the joke. Apparently, you know, of course, because five seconds after it happened, I'm jumping on Twitter. I, ha- I, had, to, I had to take it all in. Apparently, um, Jada has the, uh, the condition, al- is it alopecia or something where, you know, you're, you're, you lose your hair. And apparently, you know, he was very offended over that and, and he kind of lost it. Okay, I get it. You're annoyed that somebody insulted your wife. You're annoyed that a stand-up comedian insulted your wife. Here's the first thing. Don't sit in the freaking front row of the Oscars while you got Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, Chris Chris Rock on stage, all the comedians, because that's what comics do. Sometimes they use the people in the audience to build their little bits or elevate their their little monologues, whatever they're doing. That's the first thing, okay? The second thing, the second thing is... Like, really? You really thought that was a great move to get up out of your seat on live television and start screaming and cursing, which they bleeped out in the Oscars. Too bad. Talk about drama. I would have loved to hear what he was saying. You know, in real time, live television. Live for that. But you thought it was a good idea to stand up 
and then go charge yourself to the front of the stage. Who the hell do you think you are? I just smack the guy and then come turn around looking like Thor and you march down to your seat. Oh, come on. What a horrible move. What a horrible look. Just terrible. Mm. With everything going on in the world. Everything going on in the world. Why don't you 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 make some dramatic entrance exit big move and if something for Ukraine? How about that? I got a better idea, Will. Why don't you let the best documentary or whatever the award was? Why don't you let them just win, win, enjoy their moment? You just overshadowed the rest of the show. Anybody that was watching that show, anybody, I, I should say more on the younger side that was going to jump online and, and check out. Anyone was going to stop what they were doing, stop paying attention to Questlove and whoever, whatever the documentary, and was going to turn and, 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 and focus their attention on what the hell just happened. And then to make matters worse, when Will Smith won the award for King Richard and look for best actor, he should, he should have won. He was amazing in King Richard. But you know what? He went up and he he went up and he accepted the award. And he says, God is calling on me. He says, God is calling on me to protect families, to protect my family, this family, my wife, my children. I was in the role of King Richard. I was playing Richard and my role was to protect the wife and Serena and Venus, you know, and he names the actors. It's like, are you using your acceptance speech to almost justify your horrible actions that you did about 45 minutes ago? Why don't you just keep the award about Serena and Venus and the family? Why don't you just talk about the family and how amazing that father was? Why don't you just say, oh, and by the way, he did say, though, in his speech, he did say he apologized to the Academy. He also said he had, he joked tongue in cheek, says, I don't know if I'm going to be uh allowed back next year. You know what he didn't do? He didn't say sorry to Chris Rock. At the end of his speech, which he was hysterical crying for, five minutes after his speech, everybody was sitting on the edge of the chair. Everybody was waiting. Are you going to apologize to Chris? He did not apologize to Chris. At the end of the speech, he could have said, listen, bro, I'm really sorry. I got out of hand. I'm, I'm really, really sorry. You know, oh, Jade is going through something. I wanted to defend her. No! Big negative in my book. You went down a few notches, Will. And I love you. I, I love Will Smith. And I, I like you said, I loved King Richard, but bad luck. On the fashion note, okay. I loved Wanda Sykes' white suit. What'd you think about that? The white suit custom Christian Siriano. I thought it was gorgeous. I loved it. You know what? I love women in suits. I love women when they wear those tuxes. I love women. They wear the, the tuxedo suits, you know, with the shiny lapel, the, you know, and, and, and the pants. I love that look. I love the look of the tux on a woman, a suit, maybe with a little tank underneath, maybe a bra. But I loved the way that Wanda Sykes looked. It also had like a draped piece of fabric across the jacket. I thought it was such a good look. Amy Schumer. Amy, I love you. I didn't love the dress. I got to be honest. I feel bad saying this because I, I, she's because, because, because my fellow comedian and I, and she just had a baby and we all know how that is had a baby a year, two, three, five years ago. We all know we're all out of sorts. We all feel horrific looking. Maybe not all of us, but I know I, I didn't even know what the hell to put on. 
I was wrapping myself duct, duct tape spanks wearing hefty bags, you know, and then putting it on a kimono on top of it and calling it a day. But I didn't like the dress she had on. It was a navy blue gown, long sleeves. It was very plunging, deep neckline. She had very forced cleavage, tight, tight bra cleavage. And then she had sort of, it was like a, um, a jewel encrusted bow, you know, thing, uh, applique on the gown. It wasn't my thing. I would have, if I was Amy's girlfriend, best friend, I would have said, wear some, something high neck, maybe a long sleeve, a three quarter sleeve, let's cinch the waist and maybe be fitted to the, to, to the, to the floor. But I read the reviews on the dress. A lot of people seem to like it. So maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not my cup of tea. Uh, you know whose dress I love? Rachel Ziegler from West Side Story. She was weird. I don't know if you caught her dress. It was a black gown. I just thought it was very classy, but sexy. Black gown, Dior black gown. It was sheer. And underneath she had a pair of hot pants, you know, look like, you know, like a boy shorts uh, or big granny panties. But, but um, it was, you know, and it was sort of almost like a drapes neckline and spaghetti shops. It was a very, I just thought it was a very, you know, sexy but covered up kind of look. Most of these girls running around the Oscars, I saw they all had their boobs out. I don't know what I don't know what um what this this dress style is. It's spaghetti straps and the and and it kind of it's like a a very a very uh spaghetti strap gown. A lot of the girls had on. It was a very plunging sort of a sweetheart neckline slash bra cups and the boobies. They're just spilling over. Keep your boobs in your bra, in your shirt, in your gown where they belong. My Aunt Camille once told me, you seen them once, you seen them all. We don't need to see your boobies. It's not making you any sexier. I think that less is more when it comes to that stuff, right? Right? It's why I like Jada's look so much. But the person that shut down the Oscars, just shut it down. Shut it. Rita Moreno. 90 years old and absolutely slaying. That woman had on a Carolina Herrera black gown. She had black flats on with like a crystal uh, buckle at the top of the shoes. So, you know, that crystal silver buckle just stuck out underneath the gown. It was absolutely gorgeous, but what killed the outfit, I mean, like when I say kill, I mean like chef's kiss, amazing. Was she wore this big headpiece, the hat, feathered hat. It was like a nod to old Hollywood, a nod to glamour. I mean, I saw her and I just was like, 90 years old. That's how you do it. She's not showing the goodies off. Oh, that's real. She looked like something that Bob Mackie would have put her in. Bob Mackie. You know, Bob Mackie did a, what's her name's clothes? You know, that comic. Oh God, why am I drawing a blank? This is the problem when you're getting old. Not Joan Rivers. Who's the one? Who's the one? She wrote the book, A Whore, A Lampshade in a Whorehouse. Oh, God, I'm totally forgetting. You know, Phyllis Diller. Bob Mackie dressed Phyllis Diller. Phyllis Diller always looked great. Anyway, fun fact about Phyllis Diller. Do you know that when, when Phyllis Diller, she did stand-up comics, she, comedy, she always had to wear gloves. She always had to wear a pair of gloves. If you look at any of the clips of her, she always has like a sort of almost like a gold leather driving glove on. I don't know what was her thing. I guess she felt like showing her hands is very personal. If you're watching this, by the way, podcast on YouTube right now, my nails are absolutely atrocious. I decided to go to the nail salon last week and really splash out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a cantaloupe color on my nails. And then I'm going to do a white tip because that looks hot right now. And then a silver line. Honestly, my nails look like a Christmas nightmare. And, and on top of it, the nail polish started coming off this morning. 
And and there's nothing I hate more than my nail polish just flicking off. I feel like it just makes me feel like I desperately need a shower. Ugh. Anyway, gotta re-get my nails done. Okay. Um, so my apologies if you're watching on the tube and you're seeing these horrific nails. Um well, while we were watching the Oscars last night, I said to my boyfriend, I love that they that, that there was two comedians hosting the show. They they usually have comedians hosting or presenting on these sort of award shows. Not always, but a lot of times, because like I said, they could deal with the things in real time. I'm going to host the Oscars one day. <laughs> I know. Who's ever listening to this? You, know, you people, you're like, this girl, she just wants to do everything. Why not? If Amy Schumer from Long Island can host the Oscars, so can I, thank you. What shouldn't be? She's she's a plain Jane girl with the long blonde hair. I mean, why not? And she goes on stage talking about dicks and this and common pussy and all kinds of disgusting thing, abortions. I mean, I can't. Why shouldn't I? Wait, one day I want to do that. I'm just putting that out there to God and the mother of all mothers, the Virgin Mary. I would like to see an Italian woman hosting the Oscars. Thank you. And on that note, I've been getting some notes because uh, Sebastian was in town. People said, oh, my God. You know, obviously, and I, we talked about it last week. But they said, oh, my God, you should have opened for Sebastian. Oh, I, I was hoping to see what the show, you know, and then growing up Italian, that Instagram account, growing up Italian that posts a lot of funny Italian memes. They had um, they had a little night a couple of nights ago where uh, they had Sebastian in their studio and a couple of the other little mom with Sadell was there, a few other social media people. And now people said, why weren't you there, Delucci? And I said, I don't know. I don't know, but you want to know what I will say? And this has nothing to do with Sebastian. Nothing, because, uh, because you know, I was with him. We were hanging out. We had a great time um, last week. But um, the men like to stick with the men. At this uh, growing up Italian content creators, I didn't see any women there, at least in the photo. The men like to stay with the men. And that goes for, I seems to be going for the comics on the road the touring comics. If you notice, the men have a male opener. Anthony Rodia has a Rodia has a John Saliano opening for him. That's Goomba Johnny. Um, Sebastian has Pat, um, who's very funny. And he's a doll. We, we were also together last week. But, you know, it's I don't know why they don't have a woman. So obviously. I would love the opportunity. I, I'm trying. I'm really trying. It's just so freaking frustrating. I can't begin to tell you. My journey is my journey. I'm trying to get there. One day I will get there. Um, a big a big uh, inspiration for me, though, on that note was I read Joan Rivers' book. I think I talked about it a few episodes ago. It was called Enter Talking. It, she wrote it in the 80s, and she wrote about how she struggled in the beginning, and she you know, she was performing, she was going up to Boston and performing in uh, strip clubs. And this is, by the way, in like 1950, 55, she was performing in strip clubs, hosting, people were throwing shit at her. Um, she wasn't funny. She went by uh, the stand-up name before she was Joan Rivers. She went by the name Pepper January. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a stripper name. She was trying to find herself, blah, blah. It wasn't until she got on the Johnny Carson show that, that Carson said, you are a star. And then her career changed. So um, I'm really, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting, I have this show together at the stand. I don't know how many tickets we've sold. We, I don't, 
it's this the room is small. It's about 50 seats. But the show is on a Wednesday night at seven o'clock. And a lot of people have kids. And a lot of my fans are outside of Manhattan. They are they are mothers. They are in Chicago. They are in L.A. They are in Toronto, where the Italians are in Toronto. They're in New Jersey and Long Island and Pennsylvania. I mean, I went to the shop. I went to ShopRite in Pennsylvania a couple of years ago. And um, I'm on the cold cut line ordering like, you know, probably olive loaf, like sliced thin boys head. And a girl comes over to me and she was like told, you know, she was like, oh, my God, Elise, I love you. And it was so weird. But and I was like, I'm in Pennsylvania. I have people here, but I did. So, you know, it's hard. I don't know how many people are going to come out. I wouldn't be surprised if there was only 20 people on Wednesday. You know how many people Sebastian had? He had the 16,000 people he drew into Brooklyn, Manhattan on a Monday at Madison Square Garden when he was here last week. But he's way further ahead of my career. Chris, my boyfriend, assures me that when Sebastian was five years in, six years in, this was he was in the same bucket. So it's a journey. But I am trying and I wish I, I look. If these people would love for me to open for them, I'd be more than happy to. You know, I do go on the road and I do my headlining here and there. But it's uh, they're they're few and far between. So I'm I do my mics. I do my shows. I do my practice. And a lot of times you could find me in the basement uh, downtown in a small comedy club. And there's 10 people in the room. At the times I'm at Gotham and there's 150 people in the room and it's great, but it is what it is. And I'm frustrated. So if you want to see me, I'm frustrated just as much as you are. Trust me. You know what you could do, actually, if you wanted, if you're hearing this, if you stayed stay listening to this for this long. You could DM these people and you could say, hey, you know what? I would love to see you and Elise DeLucci together. I mean, that would be great. It's always great when fans go to the comics themselves and say, hey, can you do this with so-and-so? That works. Anyway, I uh, got my hair dyed finally the other day. And my hairdresser is from uh, Ukraine. And I was so sad. I was so sad. Uh, she was telling me, she, her family lives in Israel. So she's, she lives in Brooklyn, but her family lives in Israel. But she was telling me about her friends that are in Ukraine and uh, like her best friend. A lot of them, they went to Poland and then they went to Germany. And whether they're in Germany or Spain or Poland, you know, some of the, the her friends that were still in Ukraine got out of Ukraine, thank God. But I didn't know this. Um, and it's probably because I'm not watching the news and reading the papers about Ukraine as much because I can't deal with the images. They are like harrowing and they're keeping me up at night. They're, they're triggering, they're harrowing. I can't, I watched, I, I read the paper, a thing about Ukraine uh, one day last week and I opened up the newspaper and right there is a picture of a ditch, a field and a ditch and like bodies of women and men and children. Like, and I was, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. So I, I, I couldn't, I, I haven't watched it. I haven't been watching or reading a lot, but she told me that they, uh, the men there, they have to be, they, they used to be able to be 60 years old to be in the army. It had to be, the, the cap for the army was 60 years old, but they changed it to 63 now because of the war. And uh, her friend, my hairdresser's friend, her best friend who's in Spain with her five-year-old daughter has a husband and the husband's not in Spain with them. The husband's still in Ukraine and he's in Ukraine and he's in hiding in his apartment because uh, if he goes to the train station or the airport, they just are pulling the men and throwing them in the army. 
I mean, how horrible. I get it. I mean, you know, they need the men to defend their country. They need to, you know, army up. But so the guy is just holed up in the apartment. So sad. And that's like so many of them. I mean, it's it's crazy. And and they changed the age to 63. Can you imagine at 63? Your hip hurts. You're tired. You're wearing your reading glasses. And, and you know what? Somebody, you, you show up in public. Somebody says, oh, you're 62 years old. Come on, put on the suit. It's crazy. She has another friend with a mother that's in Ukraine. And the mother um, is in her 90s and has hip replacements. And she lives on a fifth floor walk up. She has two dogs and a cat. And she cannot leave the apartment. She can't. She It's too much for her. That She goes to, she, they said, if she goes to the train station, it's too overcrowded. It's this, it's that. She's just too old. So she's just staying in her apartment. She'll probably, hopefully not, you know, die there. But that might be the reality. It's so, She can't even leave to go to the bomb shelter, my hairdresser told me. And you know what? The worst thing is, the worst thing that I didn't connect the dots here is a lot of um, these people in Ukraine, they're, passport, uh, sorry, not their passport, their visas are expired and they can't leave. So when you see the news and you say, get out, get these people out, why are they there? Why are they there? My hairdresser said they cannot leave because during the pandemic, the government offices were shut down. They couldn't renew their visas. So now here are these poor people who've had visas expired and they are trapped. I said to Elena, my hairdresser, can't they make an emergency like situation, emergency, uh, you know, bend the rules? It's emergency situation. We'll let the people in the country anyway. She said, I don't know. Should we? She said, should we do that? Someone's going to show up at a train station or an airport and it says, look, I have an expired visa, but can you make an exception to the rule? She said, you don't know if these people are robbers or killers or this or that. You can't just let any old person in. That was her opinion. Her opinion. Not mine, hers. So I, I thought that was very interesting too. But anyway, I didn't know some of these things. Okay. Product of the week. I'm going back to AliExpress for, for a minute because I'm going to tell you why. I use, I love silk scarves, period. I used to wear silk scarves all the time when I was working, particularly when I was at NASDAQ. I loved wearing silk scarves. I think that they are such a gorgeous um, accoutrement to your outfit. I love the way it looks. I always have black pants, a black top. Uh, you know, you fold that you take a big square scarf, you fold it in half to look like a triangle and then, you know, you know, kind of like throw it on your back and then tie a knot in it. I love the way a silk scarf looks. And uh, when Century 21 used to be open, I used to go sometimes uh, and I used to buy myself a silk scarf, Ferragamo, Moschino. I mean, I have so many. I probably have like 60. I love them. And they weren't like, they, they, they were good prices, like maybe um, the Ferragamo scarf. I don't know. I mean, listen. It's not cheap, but maybe it was 80, 100, $150. But that was like my little thing that I would buy for myself. I wasn't, wouldn't be getting my nails done, you know, because I had the, the tiny babies and my nails would just be all shitted up anyway. My clothing size was like a clothing size a million. So I wasn't buying new clothes all the time. God knows what size my feet were because they were wide and then thin and then longer because I was pregnant. So I used to buy myself silk scarf. But Century 21 closed, obviously. Rest in peace, just to the sign of the cross. Um, I'm not going into Hermes and I'm not spending $600 on a scarf. That's ridiculous. So I found on AliExpress copies of Hermes patterns of silk scarves and then other patterns of other designer, high designer um, scarves. The brand is Pobing, P-O-B, 
P-O-B-I-N-G. So if you download the AliExpress app and you type in Pobing, P-O-B-I-N-G, and it's exactly, I have written down, Pobing, manual hand-rolled silk scarf. Yeah, $8, $8. Wait a second. So I bought, I bought a couple just to test. They came like three months later. They are stunning. Real silk, the little hand-rolled edges. You know, so it, it's not like it's we ran through a sewing machine and looking terrible. Um, it, it not nothing frayed. It, they are beautiful. But oh my god, big square silk scarves, rich colors. The hand rolled edges, like I said, um, they they look like it looks like an Hermes scarf. You can't tell the difference. There's not even a label on it. Hundred percent silk, real silk, not garbage polyester. Eight dollars. I got. I went back and I ordered like five more of them. They make such nice gifts for people. I mean, you put that in a, a really nice box with a bow, right? Maybe a little something else. What a nice gift. I'm telling you, for like a mother-in-law, a grandmother, or even a friend, she gets a promotion. You want to give her a little something. I love, I loved this. I love these. Pobing. You got to check them out. Silk scarves on AliExpress. Okay. Quote of the day. Oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't even talk. I got, I got to talk about this for a second. I got to talk about this. Funny girl on Broadway. Oh my God. Funny girl on Broadway. I went to see Funny Girl on Broadway this past weekend with Beanie Feldman. The last time it was on Broadway was uh, in 1964. And it was the show that made Barbara Streisand a star. And by the way, funny, in that Joan Rivers book I was talking about, uh, Enter Talking, she actually, uh, her and Barbara were friends. They were both auditioning for theater and, and acting jobs back in, in the sixties and uh, in the fifties and the sixties. And when, and she talks about it in her book, when Barbara Streisand got funny girl, that's what made her a big star. And I was so excited to see this show. You have no idea. I watched funny girl, the movie. Oh my God. Every day when I was a kid, like literally I have a sister, Gabrielle, who's 15 years younger than me. And uh, when she was a baby, like three years old, I took her, you know, cause I was older. I was like 15, 16, whatever. I took her and I put her in my mom's fancy living room, like on the fancy couch, you know, the living room, nobody goes in. And I gave her the VHS box tape of funny girl. And I had my, like, like my little disposable camera and I'm taking pictures, doing a photo shoot, with my little sister holding the funny girl movie box. I love this movie. It's the story of Fanny Bryce about how, you know, she was kind of awkward and, and, uh, and, and, and not maybe a traditionally pretty, and she rose to the top, uh, you know, of the Ziegfeld Follies. And, and then she fell in love with the gambler. It's just, it's a musical and it's great. And you should see the movie. I was so excited to see the show. Beanie Feldman plays Fanny, which was Barbara. Uh, Jane Lynch played uh, Barbara's mother or Fanny's mother. And it was great. Here's the only thing I will say. It was th- a three hour long show. It was very, very long. They probably didn't need like four or five of the acts that they had in the show. That's just my opinion. The other thing is Beanie was adorable. She was adorable. But I would be remiss to say that I wish Barbara would just come out of hiding in like her 75 year old age status just once and play Fanny Bryce. Like just one more time, just, just, just like one time. Just one time, Barbara, like a one night only. Barbara Streisand's on Broadway playing Fanny Bryce just once. But Beanie, she was adorable. I mean, she's like 26 years old. Side note, if you didn't know, she's Jonah Hill's sister. Who knew? 
She did a great job. And this was just a preview show, opening night preview. So I can't imagine what the show is going to be, you know, in 10 weeks time, 12 weeks time. I hope it has a good run. Um, I, even if I didn't like it, I'm probably going to say that I still would like it because I just, I'm the biggest funny girl fan. I love the story. I I love the 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 girl that doesn't get a lot of attention. I mean, it's a, a hello. I don't. I, I was very nerdy in high school and like literally like uh, terrible. I mean, side note. I mean, when I was like in middle school, can you imagine how tragic? I had a uh, what the hell was that noise? Sounds like some someone just slammed the door. Nobody. Everybody's sleeping. Anyway. Uh, when I was in middle school, one day I was walking out to the bus. Some kid pulls down my pants in front of the whole school. Can you imagine? I mean, like I, I really, I was like a huge nerd. And then in high school, I was really marched to my own drum. So I always identified with this movie. So even if I didn't love it so much, I would probably be like, I loved it. Uh, but yes, I did think it was a little long. I think it could have been two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, but Jane Lynch was incredible. Um, the guy that played Fanny Bryce's love interest was amazing. The guy that played Fanny Bryce's assistant, amazing. Um, I would love to see it again in about three months and see where they are and how they really like uh, fell into the characters, uh, these actors. But definitely, definitely, if you're a fan, go. And I bought all the merch. I'm wearing the the Funny Girl uh, Broadway hoodie right now. I got the t-shirt. I got a tote bag. I look ridiculous. I showed up at the hair salon. Yes, I got the Funny Girl t-shirt on. <laughs> I got the funny girl sweatshirt, the bag. People are probably like, what the hell? I, and it's not because I'm a comic. I'm just a fan of the movie. I mean, like, I, I feel like one of these people that are obsessed with Mickey Mouse and they got a whole China cabinet full of Mickey. My mom has a friend like this. Anyway, okay. The quote, only appropriate for the episode about that, that, that we talked about, funny girl, is Fanny Bryce's famous line in the movie, in the show. And she says, I'm a bagel on a plate full of onion rolls. And that's it for today's Elise DeLucci show, episode 97. I'm Elise DeLucci. We have my new podcast set up. I heard some feedback that the audio sounds better, so I'm happy. March 30th, Wednesday at the stand. If you want to come out, you're more than welcome. I'm in LA later in the week, and I'm going to be doing shows um, at the Improv and at Ha Ha's out there. I'm going to be filming um, my uh, documentary, uh, doing some really cool interviews. And I can't wait to tell you guys more about that. But you, you're like literally going to love this documentary. So that's it. Follow me on Instagram. Leave me a, uh, drop me a review on Apple Podcasts as always. And I will talk to you soon. Love to love you, baby. Mm-hmm.